This is the Mutual Audio Drama Network. This segment of the Mutual Audio Network is brought to you by Mr. Biddle's Little Skittles. Love candy? Mr. Biddle has little Skittles, or bigger Skittles you can whittle, or middle Skittles that make good vittles. So diddle with the Skittles that are never a riddle, Mr. Biddle's Little Skittles. Located between Katie Cootie's Kit Kat Cowler and Gnarly Nathan's Natural Necco Wafer Warehouse. The following audio drama is rated G for general audience. Even your grandmother can watch it with you. Chatterbox Audio Theater presents The Pied Piper, performed live at the Memphis Children's Theater Festival on May 26, 2012. whistling trying to stir up trouble are you no mom what do you mean oh forgive me i'm always forgetting that i'm not back home on piper street you mean you weren't allowed to whistle oh well it wasn't exactly forbidden but it always made my parents nervous why mostly superstition i suppose you see there was an old legend about the town where i grew up and especially around the street where we lived It was a story that went very far back, over a hundred years. What was it about? Well, it was all about the village, and about greed and corruption, and about honesty and trust. Ooh, who's the good guy, and who's the bad guy? Well, that was hard to say. It's not always so easy to tell who is good and who is bad. One thing was for sure, everyone involved shared a common enemy— The rats. Ooh, rats. Tell me the story, please. All right. For you, I'm never too busy for a story. Now, from what I understand, before the story begins, the village had been very prosperous and beautiful. Children played in the streets because it was safe to do so back then. Farmers' fields were ripe with the harvest. Buyers and sellers held happy exchanges. But for some reason, unbeknownst to the people, times began to become hard. The rain dried up, and the crops would no longer grow, so the sellers began to run out of things to sell and had to look far away for goods, which made them much more expensive. The village fell into disrepair, so the mayor of the village raised the taxes. This meant people had to pay more of the money they earned to help rebuild the streets and buildings and playgrounds. But although the people were making less and paying more, nothing seemed to get any better. The village was in a recession. There just wasn't enough to go around anymore, and the exchanges between buyer and sellers were no longer so happy. How much? For a loaf of bread? The price is two and a half guilders. Take it or leave it. But last week it was only one. I'm sorry, sir. There is less to go around these days. I must make a living. And now the price is three. I only have four guilders. Is that enough to buy shoes for my grandson? His old ones are worn through. Sorry. You only get the left foot covered for that. Come back when you've saved up twice as much. Seven guilders for a child's toy? Why, that's robbery. That's what it costs. Any less, and I would starve myself. 
For a wooden puppet? Why, it's an outrage. It's okay, Papa. We can play at hide-and-seek. Hush, child. Papa's busy trying to buy you a present. I don't need the present, Papa. Just come play with me. You promised yesterday that you would. Oh, child, you are impossible. I have so much to do. Run along and play in the schoolyard if you don't want a toy. <sighs> and the children, as poor of spirit as their parents were of time and money, gathered in the crumbling schoolyard, even on a Saturday, to cheer themselves by playing at Tom Tiddler's ground or rag ball. But the children were not the only citizens of the village who were feeling neglected due to the hard times that had come. After everyone in the village had returned to their homes and lay awake in their beds, worrying about what horrible things the next day would bring, another gathering was taking place under the city streets. My brother rats, hard times have come to our village. Once, not long ago, the streets were littered with crumbs, scraps, wrappers, and leftovers discarded by the men and their kind. Why, only last spring we rats could slip out of hiding places once a day and feed our families. That time has come and gone. For months, the humans have left nothing behind. Children are cleaning their plates entirely, even of vegetables. The streets are clean of food and spoils. Trash cans are neglected and empty of waste. If we, who have been friendly scavengers for so long, have nothing left to scavenge, then we must take what we can to survive. The time to be timid is over. We must be bold. No longer will we idly wait our turn to be fed by the trash of men. Now we will courageously step forth and take our meat, our rice, our cheese. Starting tomorrow, when the human vendors bring out their food and goods, we must act. Who's with me? And that's just what they did. The very next day... Fresh bread, milk and cheese. Um, yes, sir. How much for that small wedge of cheddar, please? Uh, Fifteen guilder. No need to bargain or complain. I can't take any less. Well, I never. I suppose I have no choice. Here, take your money and give it a... Oh! A rat! Hey, vermin out of here! And from fruit stand to bakery, confectioners to butcher, the rats made themselves known. What has gotten into these little beasts? I, they're everywhere. So the rats were triumphant that day, driving the men and their families back into their homes to wait in hunger. So successful was the rats' attack that soon word spread among the rodents of other nearby communities. The humans are weak and full of fear. The time is prime. Our moment is here. And before long, an entire sea of black rats swarmed over the whole town. First they attacked the barns and storehouses, then, for lack of anything better, they gnawed the wood, cloth, or anything at all. They're everywhere! There'll be nothing left! They'll bring the plague! Yes, life had gone from bad to worse for the human citizens of the village. So, in the full light of day, and with not a bit of food on them to attract the enemy, the people scurried to the town hall and called forth a meeting with the mayor to try and find a solution. Settle down. and Settle down, people. We all know that something must be done. What we need now is creativity, ingenuity, who has ideas? And what we need is an army of cats. What cats? They've all gone 
running scared. Uh, we'll put poison food down then. Uh, but most of the food is already gone. We can't waste what's left. And we tried poison in our homes. It didn't work at all. <laughs> Daddy, Mommy. <gasps> what are you doing, child? Uh, didn't I tell you to say put it home with the door bar? It isn't safe to be wandering the rat-infested streets. But it's so scary all by myself. I want to stay with you. You promised to teach me trapping. You said you would read me a story. Now is not the time, child. Can't you see we're trying to solve the rat problem? I haven't the time to read or play. We must get rid of the rats. Please, please, if we could get the children under control, we can come back to the problem at hand. The town's best and brightest minds are here, and still we have come to nothing. Then ask for help. Excuse me? That's what we do when we can't solve a problem. And sometimes it helps to make things right. Yeah, when the grown-ups aren't too busy. Hmm... Ridiculous! We adults don't ask for help. Uh, please, remove these children from the hall. We have serious business to discuss. Uh, come on, you two, back home with you. Go and play together inside and away from the rats. Now march! Uh... Yes, well now, what were we talking about? The rats! Uh, yes, yes, yes. It is sad, but clear that we just don't have the resources to handle this issue on our own. What we need is help. Uh, uh, but you just said... The reward uh, to anyone who can come to our fair village and effectively squelch the rodent rebellion. That's right, a reward. The sooner the rats are gone, the higher the pay. We must spread the word. Well... Um, who could that be at the town hall door? Open! And as the large town hall door opened, the villagers were amazed to see a very tall individual standing in a patchwork cloak, a hood covering the stranger's mysterious features. The mystifying music of the pipe seemed to emanate from the cloak, and as the form of the unknown person's body entered the room, it seemed to float, drawing the attention of everyone around. And when the stranger began to speak, the words were heard as if in song. All creatures living beneath the sun that creep or swim or fly or run, by means of secret charms I draw to follow me so as you never saw. Um, er, excuse me, but who are you? "'Tis my intent to use this charm on creatures that do people harm. The mole, the toad, the newt, the viper. And people call me the Pied Piper." Uh, "'The Pied Piper. Yes, well, uh, sir, have you any credentials?' "'In Tartary I freed the Sham last June from his huge swarm of gnats. I eased in Asia the Nizam of a monstrous brood of vampire bats. And as for what your brain bewilders, I can rid your town of rats for the price of, say, 500 guilders. And that, as they say, will be that. 
you there, we do not know who you are, but I do know this. Our town, as excellent as it is, cannot afford to be shammed by a traveling shyster. We can offer no compensation unless the job is done, and done completely. No, no need, good people. I mean you no wrong. You owe not a penny till the vermin are gone. Five hundred guilders, did you say? <laughs> we'll give you five thousand if you succeed. <laughs> In this fair town, O oh people of sorrow, there won't be a single rat by tomorrow. And having made this oath, the stranger turned, put a pipe to his lips, and slipped away through the town hall door and into the street, leaving the many villagers astounded and awed with disbelief. The entire episode left the multitude feeling foggy, and half of the residents could not be entirely sure they had not dreamt the whole thing. Uh, well, the... Yes, uh, I suppose that concludes this town meeting. Uh, we will have to see what tomorrow brings. Return to your homes and lock up tight. And home they went, still reeling from the strange experience they had shared while gathered at the town hall, but always on the lookout for the hordes of rats. They would sometimes appear a dozen at a time, skittering from one shadow to another. And throughout all the town came the sound of scampering and squeaking, nervous human screams, and the quickening of paces, and a series of doors slammed shut. And after the final window shutter had closed tight, a strange silence spread across the village, a silence among the rats in the streets, as if they knew something. Something terrible and lovely was coming at any moment. A silence among the people in the homes, as if they were all playing one great game of hide-and-seek. Some slipped straight into their beds, covering up tight with their linens. Others stood transfixed, with their ears to the doors and windows, trying to sense what was happening out there. And should any of the villagers had the gall to peek out their windows that night, what they would have seen might have struck them dumb for the rest of their days. Hear that? What could it be? Why, it, it sounds beautiful. Like delicious apples softened by time. And fuzzy cheese. And newly spoiled nuts. The tall, cloaked figure stood in the center of town and played, just outside the meeting hall, as if he had not budged since making the promise, but had simply gone unnoticed. The sound of the pipe filled every corner of every street in the village. Everyone, seek it out! We must find that sound! And from all directions, slowly at first, rats came out from their hiding places, out from the shadows, from under houses, from ravished gardens and trees, from ditches and dung heaps, and made their way to the audience in the center of town to be awed by the song of their master. Oh, rats, rejoice! Take thy nuncheon. Breakfast, supper, dinner, luncheon. Prepare your palates for final tea, and follow me unto the sea.
then, the piper stepped towards the eastern end of the town, the rats before him parting to make way, and then falling behind like all the others to follow. The piper continued to pipe, the rats to answer, and then, as if they all shared the same mind and thought, the rats stepped beneath the piper, raising him up on their backs, continuing on their path to the shore. Once to the sea, the piper played on. They reached the shoreline, but fearlessly continued forward, and the piper seemed to float upon the tide. The rats, however, scurried on as if to a grand feast, each becoming enveloped by the rolling water. Villagers, what do you see? Why, not a rat in sight. Hooray! What happened to all the rats, Mama? Well, child, I don't know, but a stranger I'll did I'll tell say. you what, child. They went away on their own. Yes, they must have finally had their fill and listened to reason. Oh, what a glorious day! But why would all those hungry rats just leave? Yes, Mayor. Surely you haven't forgotten the stranger who... Please, friends, let's re let us rejoice. Fortune has smiled on us, and the rats have run away. But... Children, the streets and parks are safe for you again. Uh, run along and play, and let the grown-ups get back to work. Go on, children. Come on, I'll be Tom Tiddler this time. No, I'm the Piper. You have to follow me. <laughs> Now, what are you all waiting for? Let the commerce commence! <laughs> A moment of your time, my friends, before the celebration ends. <gasps> but, uh, where did you come from? Uh, I, well... A stranger, it looks like we won't be needing your services after all. I know full well that all is remembered. Now please pay up for services rendered. Well, I... I see no proof that it was you who scared the rats away. Uh, people, please, tell me, did any of you see this man perform any act of service? I never noticed you set a single trap or snare even one of the few rats we had roaming about the town. Five thousand guilders, you agreed. My drive is not of greed but need. So though you by your lies have blundered, I will settle for my five hundred. Five hundred? Please, I, I sign no contract with you. What I do know is that the rats are gone, and they are likely not returning. So, if I were you, I would be happy to accept, say, fifty guilders? Have a drink on us, and happy journey to you. All right, friends, back to work. But the villagers knew not what to do. They stood stunned. Should they speak up and tell their mayor to pay the piper? The town they knew was as poor as it had ever been. Perhaps they could not spare the 500 guilder. And after all, no one did see the piper lead the rats away. No need to stand around and gawk. Open up your stands and stores. Sell your goods. 
Enough of this foolishness you must pay, if not by coin, then another way. If you think this game is funny, to play with honor, trust, and money, perhaps you'll like my next endeavor, likely to change this town forever. And all you mutes of this fair village know better than thieves who plunder and pillage. You will pay one way or another, and this I promise each father and mother, the folks who put me in a passion may find me pipe another passion. And again, the stranger turned and played his pipe as he made his way to the door, but with a force unlike before. The effect on the people, though, was similar to before. They stood stock still, unable to decide what had just happened and what to do next. Well, how rude. <laughs> now that we have gotten that out of the way, let us open this town for business. Hello? And as the people stood, stuck to their places under the lingering spell of the piper's fury, the stranger made his way, without any hesitation, to his intended destination. Children of this village fair, of dirty cheeks and tussled hair, your elders have mistreated you by promising that which they would not do. Have you not heard them oath and say that they would make the time to play, to talk, to read, to share themselves? And yet they've sat you on their shelves. But I, dear children, now decree, you will find joy if you follow me, for I will lead you now to a joyous land, joining the town and just at hand, where waters gush and fruit trees grow, and sun puts forth a fairer glow, and honeybees have lost their stings, and horses are born with eagles' wings, and by my music, which you all have heard, the piper always keeps his word. And as he had done before, the piper began to play a new tune, a tune that the children, without hesitation at all, echoed in their own way. they started off, a splendid parade, making their ways through the streets of the village. First, they headed to the center of town and directly by the town hall, where all of the children's parents could see them pass, though they were still so mesmerized they were powerless to call out to them. The children didn't mind. They simply smiled, waved, and continued to follow the tall stranger, the largest child of all, dancing and playing and leading the way. Once the last child was out of view and the stunned crowd began to come to their senses, the mood within the hall was not nearly so happy as that among those who had just marched by. Uh, what? Did you see? My little Frederick. My children. He's leading them away. What have we done? And then, as they had before, the villagers turned towards their mayor. Um, well... You see what he has done! A kidnapper! Thief! But you have what he wants, sir! Yes! The village's money! Uh, 
promise to the stranger. But he is nothing more than a criminal. I refuse to negotiate with such a man. You lied to him. We should have spoken up before, but now it is clear. This is your fault. My fault? But, but he has taken our children. But you have no children, Mayor. But I like to think of all of them as my children. We must get him the money he has earned. It's the only way he'll listen. And you have it. Yes, after him. No, but no. And the crowd of villagers rushed towards the mayor. Two of the strongest of them sat him right down in his mayoral chair and held him there, while another took his gavel and broke it clean in two. Many of the other villagers rushed past where the mayor sat and into his offices, where they found in a closet bags upon bags of golden coins. Our taxes. He has simply been collecting them up for himself. Why, there must be hundreds of thousands of guilders here. Take it all. We must hurry. He led them to the east. And so the mayor was locked into his offices, his mayoral chair barring the door from the outside. And the villagers ran as fast as they could to the shore, several of them carrying heavy bags of coins, which would have slowed them down were they not empowered by their desperation. And when they arrived at the shore... There the stranger was, standing, looking out towards the waves. As the stranger sensed their approach, he turned to greet the throngs of people who had just begun to realize that while they had found the piper, their children were nowhere to be seen. Oh, several mothers fainted. Piper, what have you done with our children? We have come to make things right. We want to pay you for your help. Oh, please, tell us it is not too late. But the piper stood, as tall, silent, and still as a birch tree. We were wrong. It was clear to us that a pact was made. Our mayor tried to cheat you, and we said nothing. Our village has been so poor, sir, and the rats were simply too much for us. But our children, our children are all we have. Please, take all of our funds and tell us it is not too late. If what you have relayed is true and you have all been born anew, I will consider your honest pleas, for my heart does pity what it sees. But know that for your honor's sake, you mind the promises you make. Yes, 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 yes. 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 And now, as for your goodly mare, that dubious, underhanded player, let him know a promise from me, his face he should hope I will never more see. Now lay the five thousand on the shore, and we shall meet again, nevermore. Wait, what of our children? We can't go back to our lives without them. Uh, we have far more than five thousand here. It's all yours if you return them to us. Ah, the children, poor victims of cruelty. You say they're your joy, your life, and your beauty. Sadly, I cannot bring about their return. <gasps> For their trust and respect, something you must earn. I assure you, their safety is now guaranteed. They've been enjoying a life seldom seen. You long to again see your girls and your boys, but to return to their homes must now be their choice. The lesson I've taught, there's no need to remind you. If you're truly sincere, so now, look behind you. And as the villagers turned around, there they were, 
dozens of smiling, rosy-cheeked faces, a little at odds and confused, perhaps, but all full of joy and wonder. The parents in the crowd cried out in joy. Oh, Mommy, it's so beautiful. The greatest place I've ever seen. Can we go back there now? Oh, child, please come home. We would be lost without you. My darlings, I am so sorry. Please say you'll come home. I've promised to read to you every day. We will never break a promise again. Really? Do you promise? With With all all our hearts. hearts. They all turned again to thank the stranger, but as mysteriously as he had appeared, he had vanished. As they looked this way and that along the shore, they heard the faintest of sounds, like a pipe or a flute, or maybe just a whistle on the wind that stirred the waves. All that was left near the shore, where the stranger had stood, was the bag of coins that was intended as his payment. One villager stepped forward to investigate and saw a note pinned to the bag. This is what it read. I have taken my 500 guilder fee. Let the rest of this payment appointed by me be spent in a manner not vague or bewildering, but clearly and happily and just for the children. And so, the villagers and their children, their family bonds renewed and strengthened, returned to their homes. The mayor was promptly kicked out of town, and a new committee took his place, who made sure that the tax money was spent accordingly. First, for the piper's gift back to the children, they saw that it was used in the building of a new church, school, and playground. The eastern street of the village that led to the ocean was renamed Piper Street, as a reminder to all of the difficult lesson they had learned that day. The village parents took their new commitment to their children quite seriously and made sure to keep their promises thereafter. And after all that, there was an unspoken rule shared among the people that no one play the pipe or flute or even whistle on Piper Street, for it was believed to bring bad luck. Whoa, so that's why you wouldn't whistle when you were a kid? Yes, that's why I wouldn't whistle. Silly, isn't it? It was just a story after all. I guess so, yeah. I'm not sure what would be scarier, the rats or the piper. Thanks for telling me the story. Can we play a game a little later? I want to tell the story to all my friends. Of course, child. I promise. Be careful. Watch for rats. Ha ha. Thanks, Mom. I love you. I love you too, child. Hmm. You have been listening to Chatterbox Audio Theater's production of The Pied Piper, featuring Megan Carter as the narrator, Joe Vescovo as the mayor, Harrison Sale as the rat leader, Artis Fetterman as the first child, Nora James Eichner as the second child, and Justin Willingham as the piper. Music by Gene Simmons. Sound effects by Marcus Brown. Produced by Robert Arnold. Adapted and directed by Marcus Brown. This is your announcer, Tom Badgett.
Chatterbox Audio Theater is a nonprofit, web based community theater that advances the exchange of ideas by channeling creativity and artistic collaboration into recorded audio works that enlighten, entertain, and inspire. Download our shows, meet our cast and crew, and make a donation to support our work at www.chatterboxtheater.org. From around the world, this is the Mutual Audio Network.